Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome. It's EWTN's chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, and me, Doug Keck, together again for another episode this week of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the weekly program that features our foundress at her spiritual best in responding to the calls of concern from viewers of her classic TV live shows over the years for the 1980s and 1990s. And it's great to be with you, as always, Father. And to take a little walk down memory lane, if you will, (laughs) (laughs) where we uh, just sparks all of these memories we have of mother and just our interactions with her and the laughter that we had with her and all that we learned from her. So we hope our listeners will also benefit from this as well. And continue to learn, as you've said Mm -hmm. many, many times. So we've Mm -hmm. got topics, thinking before you speak. Uh, That was something we learned here. Uh, (laughs) The wonder of the present moment, uh, something mother always Mm -hmm. talked about. Uh, help Jesus save the world. Yes, we can do that. And now the first one, now that's faith. Hmm. Yes, you know, there's a saying I like, tell me how you suffer and I'll tell you who you are. So we all have suffering in our life. It's a part of our human condition, right? But how we suffer reveals faith to people. But that's one of the ways that we can reveal our faith, our hope, our trust in God, is that when we have suffering, we all do, that we manifest that I trust the Lord. I'm going to continue to uh, put my hope in him and confidence in him and know that he will not uh, abandon me. Absolutely. And I think as Mother makes a point here, and you uh, who've been involved with Lords mm-hmm. uh, and, and done some programs on them uh, with Father John Paul, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, that, that idea that many times you're talking about the healing of a soul and not necessarily the healing of the body. Right. And I love the saying they have at Lords that everyone receives a healing of the heart. And some receive a healing of the body, too, but it's for the sake of faith, either their own or others around them. And uh, so that's the most important healing, right? Because that's the one that endures to eternity. Right. And if if all you had to do, quite honestly, was pray to be healed, it wouldn't be a miracle anymore. That's right. That's right. So God always has our good in mind. And sometimes a healing isn't good for us. I think there was a blind man once that approached Padre Pio and he said that he would lose his soul if he had received his sight. And so this man came to understand that this was a trial But it was only to draw him closer to the heart of God and so that he might not lose his soul. And I know Mother always was concerned, quite honestly, about the Mm -hmm. fact that when she did suffer, she felt the closest Mm -hmm. to our Lord and that to not have that at one level was a threat to her own spirituality, right? Yeah, and she always thought God was up to something for the good of souls (laughs) when she had a particular suffering. Well, now that's faith. That's what Mother says. We have another call. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? I'm from San Antonio. Good. What is your question? <laughs> Mother Angelica, that was a good speech. I needed that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Listen, I wanted to ask you about, um, I'm a very ill person. Well, I slipped into a diabetic coma, and I came through this okay. But I've been very, very ill, and I was wanting to know what you thought about a miracle in my life. Because the doctors have given up, and, you know, 
Are you, I don't think I'm ever going to get well. Well, I'm going to say this. I'll just say it. That's the only way to say it is to say it, isn't it? Huh? I I believe in miracles because we have them here all the time. I've had them myself. I think it's sometimes dangerous to tell somebody they're going to be healed or are healed. But I feel that after that healing or whatever it was that you still have this sickness, I would feel that there's another kind of healing the Lord wanted you to have. The healing of soul. And maybe not only your soul. Maybe the souls of priests, religious, bishops, lay people, children, those suffering in Croatia, the cold, the street people, the lepers. Um, maybe that's the kind of healing. Maybe you're a healer instead of one to be healed. Maybe your pain and your suffering is healing a lot of people's souls. And one day you'll all be to heaven in his kingdom. And your kingdom. So it's very difficult, I think, for anyone who says you're healed to know what kind and who is healed. Are you the healer of souls, or were you to be healed? Apparently, you weren't to be healed. But I think it's very possible that you are a healer of souls. It doesn't indicate a lack of faith on your part. I don't believe, you know, one time I went to a convention and it was about three, 4,000 people there. And I gave up and gave a talk. And I got a standing ovation. And, well, it was wonderful. You know, I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. And this woman came up to me in the back of the stage. And she was crying. And, oh, Mother, she said, I, you'll never know what happened to me tonight. And, and I, I, I was feeling kind of good. You know, I thought, oh, gee, she must have liked the talk. The Lord knows how to take care of you. Because I said, oh, I'm glad you like the talk. And she said, I didn't even hear it. <laughs> See what the Lord does to you sometimes? Huh? Just when you think you did something right, you go. <laughs> I looked at her and I said, you didn't hear it? She said, no. She said, when I saw you walking out on that stage with that brace on, she said, everybody tells me that because I have a brace on and I could be healed if I have faith. And I looked at you and I said, there's a woman of faith and she's got a brace. She said, I felt so happy I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> See, faith is a personal relationship with God. It's a theological virtue. It's totally vertical. It's my belief in his love, his presence, his existence, his son, his spirit, in redemption, in the sacraments, in the church. That's faith. Faith is not a quarter you put in a machine and get a healing. The faith that our Lord demanded in the gospel that he could do it. The humility demanded in the gospel is that he can do it. And they wait to see if he will do it. If thou wilt, the blind man said, you can make me see. And the Lord said, I will see. The other man came up and he said, if you can, heal my son. 
oh, hey, now that's lack of faith, you see. But the other man was waiting. What would happen if the Lord said, no? Would he have lacked faith? No. It was not God's will for him. There is one part in the scripture that you kind of, well, you kind of skip over without realizing. The man at the gate, beautiful, that uh, Peter and John healed. Do you realize how many times our dear Lord passed that poor guy? Huh? Never healed him? I said that that one time to a minister. He said, well, he was keeping him for the apostles. I said, oh, come on. There's enough around for the apostles. Didn't have to keep him. See, we we have to. We can pray with all our, with all the faith we have, but it has to be a humble faith, and it has to say, Lord, if you want this, I want it. If you don't, I don't. Now that's faith. So it gets faith straightened out. It has nothing to do. If you are not healed, God wants you to heal others. Every suffering, St. Padre feels that is precious before the eyes of God and powerful enough to save souls. And up next, a topic we could all use some instruction on, thinking <laughs> before you speak, right, Father? Yes. So, you know, recently I was visiting someone in a hospital who had just had a very, very serious surgery. And uh, she was saying to me, and I know that she's had some things that have really hurt her deeply mm -hmm. and of course this was all outside of confessional it's just we were chatting and she said I forgive everybody I don't hold any grudges against anybody I don't want to even think ill of anybody and so it's a serious moment in life and often when people come to the end of their lives they have a certain sense this is one thing I've got to let go of any resentment any unforgiveness any harsh words no, that's not the answer. It's forgiveness. Yes, and, and you find yourself, if you step back and think about it, who is, the, who is suffering the most mm. when you're going through that, when you're holding things back on people, mm -hmm. and when, when you're, you're not being kind and generous to other people, you're really hurting yourself. Exactly. It's a poison that we're drinking, thinking it will hurt the other person. But it's in letting go that we find freedom, right? We're setting a captive free in the Captive is me <laughs> when we forgive and let go of resentment and actually pray for the good of another person. Right. And I think also with the idea of thinking before you speak, that's a good practice. Mm -hmm. However, all of us say things we don't mean or get carried mm -hmm. away. But that's not the end of the story. We always have the opportunity to mm -hmm. say I'm sorry and certainly ask for forgiveness, which is even more powerful. It is. And so we, we have to be ready to forgive ready to excuse, ready to pray for the person, even those who've offended us. Right, because we want them to do the same for us, like our Lord. Thinking before you speak. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother. Hi. My name is Terry. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Good. And I'd like to tell you I appreciate watching you on television. I'm not a Catholic, but I still appreciate watching you. And recently I've had some pretty down times, and during that time you've been really blessed me with your teachings. Of Praise Jesus. God. I'm glad. Um, my question is, uh, I read the Bible a lot, and I try to be a, I'm a good person, and I try to be good to people, and then when something happens, someone like attacks me or something, then I kind of go back at them in the same way, and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And when I do it, then I know that it has been wrong. Right. And uh, I need really. You have a temper? Uh, not, not really. Every once in a while, someone. Well, would how do you, how do you get back at him? 
Well, they, if they attack me verbally, I might do something verbally to them. Oh, I, I, like an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. In a way. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you know, in the Old Testament, <coughs> that concept was an act of charity. For example, if you stole my cow, the only thing I could do to you is steal your cow. See? It wasn't mean I could kill you because you stole my cow. It was an act of love, really, eye for an eye. It wasn't revenge like we think it was. But in the New Testament, I must love my enemies. And at that moment, this person who said something nasty to you verbally becomes instantly an enemy. Maybe not for long, but they're not a friend. That's when you got to think before you speak, see? And you would say, Jesus, don't say anything at all. Just walk away. Or say, Jesus, teach me to be humble and gentle. Is it easy? Oh, goodness, no. If you're Italian, I sympathize for you. Or Spanish, or French, whatever. See, we all have tempers. But you can't go to heaven with a temper. Sometimes if you just, sometimes if you have one thought that maybe helps you. For example, when I was a young sister, I used to think, well, what is this going to do for me in eternity? If I died at this moment, well, would I have wished to have kind of uh, sassed somebody back? If I was facing God at this moment, would I be unforgiving? Would I do the things I do at this moment if I was going to face God the next moment? And what would it mean in eternity? The virtue where I will take with me into heaven. If I, if I, if I said some, someone says something nasty to me and I reply nasty, what does it mean? I must repent. I must confess it. Just be silent like Jesus. If you know you're going to say something nasty in return, don't say anything. Jesus will help you if you ask him. Your guardian angel will help you. we got to use these wonderful beings we call angels to help us in our transformation, in our conversion experience. We have to do that. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we are back with part two of this week's edition of Mother Angelica answering the call. We thank you for staying with us. Doug Kecht along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Up next, a question about the wonder of the present moment, something Mm -hmm. very popular in Mother's own teachings. Yeah, and this is the first time I heard her phrase it this way, wonder a wonder at the present moment. So here we are. We're making a radio show, and God is present, and he's going to use us in some way, in his own mysterious way. So we put it out there, and we ask God to use it however he will. So there's a wonder, you know, in God's presence, his providence, what is he up to, his charity. And this is my opportunity and your opportunity, those who are hearing us, their opportunity as well, to love God more, to love others, and to turn away from anything that uh, we're clinging to that's sinful. 
And I and I guess in in the call itself, when Mother talks about getting upset or people getting worried, it does have to do with the fact that we get caught up in either the regret over what happened mm-hmm. or the fear of what's about to happen. Right. Right. So there's a real freedom in just living in the providence of the present moment. And, you know, patience, and this is what the caller is asking about, it's a a willingness to endure what needs to be endured for the sake of the good. So I can endure it. Why? Because it's for a greater good than just my own comfort, my own uh, will to be accomplished. No, it's for something greater than myself. It's interesting because Mother talks about uh, the idea that when she's tired, she's more patient. (laughs) And to me, I was the exact opposite. I would say (laughs) the more tired I am, the less patient I tend to be. I don't know about you. I remember Father Angelus saying, it's not that I have less anger. It's I don't have the energy to implement it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So I think that's what Mother was saying there. (laughs) Very good. The wonder of the present moment. We have another call. Hello? Yeah, Mother Angelica. Yes. I apologize for me being a little bit nervous. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you don't need to be nervous with me. No, it's uh, the audience. Uh, anyway, oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, I think in today's society you're a precious commodity. Thank you. Uh, I feel you have the Holy Spirit within you. And my question would be um, if you can el- elaborate on uh, patience, the word yeah. patience being a virtue. And uh, thank you. Well, I'm kind of the wrong person to ask about that question. I've had a time with it all my life, you know. One time when I was a young sister, I said to the Lord, got up early in the morning, see, to pray. And I said, Lord, come hell or high water, today I'm going to be patient. (laughs) By 9 o'clock came hell and high water. (laughs) And I wasn't patient. How do you acquire patience? Well, I'm, I'm entering the glorious 70s pretty soon. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think the best way that we, I would try my hardest. My sisters say I'm patient. Well, most of the time. I think the best way is to have that confidence that whatever is happening at this moment is in this moment, not the last or the next, this moment is the will of God. That's helped me a lot. Because if you're waiting for a red light, isn't that what makes you impatient, the waiting? Now, isn't that the dumbest thing? What are you going to do? It, you're stuck. Why get mad? Somebody sees the green light before you do and toots their horn. Well, why didn't you watch it? Why get angry? You know, get your mind on what you're supposed to do. You're in a doctor's office. You wait, you wait, you wait, you wait. Why get angry? Isn't that why you went? You know? Why you go on a day you got 20 things, other things to do? Now, there's a lot of things we can help ourselves with when it comes to patience. But the thing that has helped me the most is the reality of the wonder the present moment. I still feel impatient a lot. And I'm not saying I'm not impatient. But I I don't think I am as impatient as I was when I was younger. Maybe I'm too tired to be impatient. Did you ever think that? Did you ever notice when you're real tired, you're very patient? You know? 
But but I don't think we had to depend on being tired to be patient. I think I think we need to know what makes us impatient is I blame the present moment, the pain of it, the anxiety of it, the frustration of it, either on myself or other people, and then I get mm. See? That's usually the, the the reason. And so I think if we say, well, it is the will of God. See, I wanted to do something today and I couldn't do it. Well, it was the will of God. That's all. If you know that. And when I, I was so impatient as a young sister, I used to get mad when my superior would tell me, it's okay, this is the will of God. I'd say, mm, if she tells me that once more, I'm going to spit. <laughs> and one day I said to myself, that's not right. You know, you're a spouse of Christ. You can't get mad at the will of God. Who do you think you are? I always talk to myself. I get the best answers that way. And um, <laughs> she agrees with me, see? Anyway, so I went to the Lord one night, 11 o'clock. I said to him, Lord, I just have a hard time when somebody says this is your will. And he said to me as loud and as clear as I heard your voice. He said, then think of it as my love for you. I said, oh, now that's better. But he tricked me, you see. You gotta watch him. His will and his love are the same. He just was giving me a little milk so that I could accept it a little better. So I think if you were to say that, you see, this is the will of God. And I want to do his will. Then I think you'd be more patient. And closing things out for this week's program. It's true. We can actually help Jesus save the world. Is that true, Father? He gives us a great dignity that all of us suffer. What are we going to do with it? Well, we can just complain. <laughs> we can try to escape it even in illicit ways. Or we can look to Jesus, look, to, look especially at him on the cross, and unite our suffering with his and turn it into an act of love. And when we do so, he gives us this great dignity of sharing in his work of redemption, of saving souls. Right, and here we're talking about somebody who's confined to a wheelchair, has had a tough life, and I thought it was interesting mm -hmm. that they felt as if God had turned their back yeah. on them. And mm -hmm. Mother makes the point that that's impossible because you only exist because God <laughs> yeah. is constantly thinking about you. We would fall into nothingness if God didn't hold us in existence at every instant of our existence. And so that's proof of his love. Do you exist? Mm -hmm then that means God loves you because he wants you to be here and he's holding you in existence. You know, St. Faustina had a vision of heaven and she saw these people and they were walking and there were thorns and there were rocks and they fell down, but they kept getting up. And when they got to the door of heaven or the entrance of heaven, they immediately completely forgot all the sufferings they had been through. Right. As Mother says, you've got to run through the halls of heaven. Help Jesus save the world. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother? Yeah. I'm calling from Ashland, Pennsylvania. Yeah, okay. And my name is Donald. Okay. Donald Ford, and I would like you to pray for my 89-year-old mother who's in the hospital right now in very bad shape. And I also would like to ask you a question. Yeah. I pray the rosary every day and sometimes more than once a day. 
And uh, I sometimes feel I'm on a wheelchair all my life, and I sometimes feel that God has abandoned me or turned his back on me. Yeah. And uh, I, I, because I'm a handicapped and had a lot of things wrong with me, I was wondering if there is such a thing that God would turn his back on you or could turn his back on you and forget you. Oh, he couldn't do that. You see, you even exist because his thought of you is so constant. God has to think of you constantly for even you to live to 52 years, and that's what you are, 52 years. Do you realize what's going to happen when you die? That's what you got to think about. Not death itself, but what's going to happen when you see... You know what's going to happen? You're going to run through the halls of heaven like nobody else ever has. You're going to see things nobody has seen because you can't go very far. You're going to understand God in a way others will not understand because they've always been free and you're so hampered. You're going to be loved by God in a special way that others won't be loved like that because you've had to struggle with faith. You're going to be loved in a very special way by God because you've suffered so much. And now in this time when your mother's ill and you're alone in a wheelchair, what a wondrous opportunity to say, Lord, I'm helpless, but I trust in your love for me. Has he turned his back? Oh, no. No. All of us that are handicapped in some way or other must always realize. St. Paul said, this is a wicked generation and your prayers, your life, your suffering must redeem it. Help Jesus save the world. You have a great mission, don't miss it. You have a great calling, don't miss it. Put your hand in his. He also was bound to a cross. In all his life, he couldn't really do all the things he wanted to do. So much so that he had to tell those he healed not to tell anybody. When they would, he'd have to go out in the desert to get away from his enemies, you see. He too was bound. So rejoice tonight. And we'll pray for your mother. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.